Hey, TC, what time is it? Oh, it's time to force a religious-based holiday on our neighbors, <laughs> a.k.a. time for a makeover. TC and I'm Teach and welcome to Movie Makeover, the podcast where we take the movies you love, think that you love, guilty pleasures or downright hate, and give them a much needed update. This week we are discussing 2004's Christmas with the Cranks. TC, why don't you give us a quick summary of this movie? Well, <laughs> Christmas with the Cranks was released November 15, 2004 by Sony Pictures, um, and the film follows uh, Luther... Uh, played by Tim Allen and Nora, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, as they plan to askew the Christmas traditions and take a cruise in the Caribbean islands um, after their daughter is sent to co- uh, goes away to the Peace Corps. Um, this doesn't sit well with their Christmas-obsessed neighbors, uh, played by Dan Aykroyd, and a various uh, parade of other B-list celebrities that I want to talk about, um, who are determined to get the their neighbors on board for the Christmas holidays. Uh, chaos ensues. Uh, this abortion of a holiday movie grossed $60 million on the $90 million budget. It was directed by Joe Roth and starring... Tim Allen, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, so that leads us to our previews, uh, the part where we tell you what we thought about the movie when we first when it first came out and our impressions, our preconceived notions going in, which is really important for me because this is my first time watching. Okay, I want to tell you how I found this movie and why <laughs> I wanted to do it for this podcast. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear what you think because I'm seeing now that it's becoming like almost a Christmas classic, which, to be fair, any movie with the title Christmas will eventually become a Christmas classic. No, no. But still. Siege, the reason why this is a Christmas classic is because it's a Christmas movie, period. That's what I'm saying. Christmas movies, like, people will watch any dumbass Christmas movie at Christmas time. It's not hard to build an audience. Also, (laughs) this movie, I'm assuming, is way cheaper than a lot of the more popular Christmas movies for streaming services to obtain. Absolutely, because this, the reason why I was able to find it is because it is one of Netflix's top results, like most popular movies right now. So, um, okay, so I first saw this movie in 2004, and I remember being so angry and frustrated with it while I was watching it, but, like, I, I kind of wanted to watch it again, and I didn't know why, <laughs> and, like, I watch it now, and I can see, like, I am so torn with this movie, and I can't wait to get into it, because this movie does a lot of things that, as you said, I had to, at one point in time, I had to pause, because I was so angry. Yes. And then <laughs> another part of me was just like, what are you trying to tell me? So, like, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, but you go. Um, but there, I, I don't know. For When I first saw this, I thought there was, there was hints of something that could be good about it, which is why I thought it would be a prime candidate for this podcast, uh, since this is what we do. <laughs> yeah, okay, so... Uh, as I said, this is my very first time seeing it. When it first came out, uh, especially in 2004, I thought of this movie like I've thought of it for the last 15 years, which is not for me. Like, I was like, oh, I don't Fair. see it being, like, a hit of a movie. It didn't seem like anything that I needed to watch. And to be honest, I'm not that big on Christmas movies. So I was just like, okay, well, whatever. But um, I watched this, and as I said... A, I was on a roller co- coaster of emotions because I would get angry and then I would be sympathetic and then I would be like, okay, you're 
a Christmas movie and you're hitting all those beats. Uh, and I just felt like the movie didn't know where it wanted to be. No. So that made and me. it's long. It's, it's only like an hour and 40 minutes. And yet it felt like it went on forever. Because you could trim <laughs> like a tree. Yes. A good 40 minutes off of this movie. And I it completely would be agree. Probably so much better of a movie. I agree. So that being said, uh, let's the critics respond. Okay, well, this movie, surprisingly, has a Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> score of 5%. Wow, that is way lower than I expected. Do you feel like it's too low? I feel like I... Yeah. I don't know. I do. Here's the thing. I I describe five percent is like an abomination of a movie, and I I know you used that word earlier, but I mean like like no acting chops. I'm talking the room. I'm talking master of disguise. I'm talking like YouTube video, and this movie didn't hit single digits bad to me. I, I would don't give think it. it did either. I would give it like a 25 i was gonna say between like 18 and 25 is what i'd feel comfortable yes with. yes yes um because i feel like we've also seen movies that are quite terrible and yes. unwatchable absolutely I, this is not unwatchable it's just a frustrating watch you just want to fast forward through a lot absolutely um imdb has a 5.3 out of 10 so better and Roger Ebert, who I think this is not actually Roger Ebert at this yeah. point, maybe it is, um, 3.5 stars saying, and this is my biggest takeaway from this movie as well, so we see eye to eye here, the movie's complete lack of a sense of humor is proven by its inability to see that the cranks are reasonable people and their neighbors are monstrous. Yes, we're going to get into this, because this movie is very much... It brings up things that uh, hmm. are really interesting because of where it takes place. And what I mean by that is it takes place in America. Yeah. And America is constantly giving very competing, very conflicting ideologies, which is the sense of self versus the sense of the community. And this movie can't seem to pick a side on which is right and which is wrong. And it show it makes the argument for both, which makes this a terrible movie. Um, I I have so many thoughts, but I just want to let's let's jump into the good, should we? Yeah. All right. So, what did you like about this movie? I will say, and it's funny because I'm going to bring it up later about like the negative stereotypes of this character, but I feel like Tim Allen was correctly cast in this movie. Like, I feel like his, Luther, although, white man named Luther, not saying that it can't be done, I just, like, I, I expect my Luthers with a little bit more finesse. Mm. Never too much, never too much. <laughs> but anyway, Luther Because you, you want to say Luther. That's you want to say Luther. That's yeah. what it is. Luther. It's like a Tyrone. You know what I mean? Quick, like Quick pause. Yeah. Fat Luther is going to be Luther. Oh, see, here's the thing. I can make the argument for both. I'm that guy. I'm going to make an argument for both, but default big loser. 100%. 100%. <laughs> default. There's soul in those roles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, so, um, yeah, I think that Tim Allen is cast perfectly, mostly because I noted Tim Allen is the go-to white man with a great. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he just plays, like, a dissatisfied white man in almost everything he's in. 100%. With the exception of Toy Story. But it's like, 
I, I don't understand why, but that's just what you do. It's like, this guy is stuck in the average American life. And he's always stuck in the average American life, even though he's successful. It's 100%. Like he's, spending, he's spending six grand on Christmas a year. He's doing fine. Uh, we, again, I'll, I'll talk about that later. But Tim on. Allen, uh, to your point, Tim Allen's the only actor who I saw in this movie that I didn't think to myself at some point, why are you in this? <laughs> Almost every other actor. Why Why are you in this? I would give it to, like, I don't think he was great in this role, but Dan Aykroyd, like, didn't surprise me for being in this. Mm, I guess, yeah, I, I could see Dan Aykroyd being in this movie. You're right. Um, I One of the things I thought was, like, this was probably a much better pitch yeah. than it was a movie. Because when you think about it, you have... Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Tim Allen, Mm -hmm. who Jamie Lee Curtis is obviously, we don't deserve her. Um, (laughs) And Tim Allen, who is filling his filmography with Christmas movies just because he wants that December paycheck. We get it. (laughs) We get it. Um, But also, like, Chris Columbus wrote this movie. Chris Columbus, director of Home Alone, director of Mrs. Doubtfire, Harry Potter. Like, we got to give this some thought because... You seem to have these Christmas titans. You have Chris Columbus, hot off a of Home Alone, Home Alone 2. You have the Santa Claus, Tim Allen, Jamie Lee Curtis, who I still say Trading Places is a Christmas movie. We'll talk about that later. They all bring something to the table, yet this movie is just lacking. And I think it's because, as I said, the movie itself doesn't know who to root for. No. So we, as the audience, can't really pick a side There's and, so and many be content. T- um, gosh, I'm, I'm keeping myself from going into the bad because I just want to focus <laughs> on the good for now. But um, there was a few scenes that Tim Allen actually made me laugh. And the one scene, and I, don't, I know it's stupid, is the Botox scene when he's eating at really? lunch with Jamie Lee Curtis. Because, like, at first I completely rolled my eyes to it. Yeah. But this man commits to this bit so <laughs> hard that i just eventually i gave into it like i was just you know what i would say when he came out in his bathing suit i was like good for you to melon i'm not attracted to you but i would say you're keeping it tight i thought they both look great i actually didn't like that jamie lee curtis was so self-deprecating because i thought yo you look for your age you are doing just fine yeah because you're not (laughs) supposed to be jamie lee curtis you're supposed to be middle america house mom and like go you absolutely and so for me i was like very much in favor um and let's see i i will say that this this movie used its soundtrack was also another place where i was like oh you're using the classic christmas songs but also some new christmas songs and i i didn't feel like it was too much or too less of either i felt like it was i didn't notice the music at all which is probably the best compliment i can play in a christmas movie movie? yeah except for when uh the daughter comes home at the end. That was like a, a big music moment. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I I wanted to like the fact that I do like the fact that Caroline Ray, Cheech Marin, and Felicity Hoffman are in this movie. They're in the used. sense that I like that I remembered them when I was watching it. Their previous works, the works that I enjoy. Um, I have so much to say about that. Um, other than that, bro, here's the really thing: if you're pulling for it, there's not a lot of good, and there's, I think that's part of the problem. No, dude, there's this is all. 
I will say, like, there is a few things that I will give it a, uh, some more credit for. <laughs> One, the even though it's not overly diverse, for this to be somewhat middle America, the minority characters in there are not reduced to just being minorities. No. Um, with the exception of Enrique, which apparently they can't even spell Enrique. Um, it's like, someone thought that joke was real funny. Someone did, and I'm like, you guys, we're in 2004 America. Hispanic people have been around for a while. Yeah. You know how to spell Enrique. Enrique Iglesias is on the radio right now. <laughs> what are we doing? So, yeah, absolutely. But either way, um, the minority characters, the cop who's Cheech, the neighbor whose name I can't remember right now, um, like, even the fact that they... Called the cops on a white man in a black man's house. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, sure, you know, sure. the neighborhood watch is colorblind. <laughs> but they're um, the yeah. minority characters in this, even his assistant and yada yada, they're not reduced to stereotypes, which totally. this movie, especially considering the quality of movie that we're getting, totally could have done. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis had one moment that made me laugh when she finds out her daughter's coming home for Christmas and she shouts, I need my best! I need my best! (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's, that's the only nice thing I have to say about Jamie Lee Curtis. Um... And then also this movie, um, passes the Bechdel test. You know, like, again, not the greatest thing, but it does have, uh, several female characters. Uh, I'll say that Jamie Lee Curtis's character is seen to have a support system with Felicity Huffman and Caroline Ray. You know, it's like, there is, this movie does a lot wrong, but it does, I guess, meet the bare minimum requirements, which we ask for in a movie, which, sadly, we don't get in, like, even the best movies. So, I guess, to that note, which is better? Is it better to have a movie that is terrible, but does the bare minimum in terms of diversity and treating women well, or to have a great movie that doesn't acknowledge it. I feel like both options are wrong. I feel like both <laughs> options are wrong and we can do better. We can. I think that's what we're constantly <laughs> um, striving for. No, I mean, you're right. That That is a highlight of, of this that I didn't quite think about. Um, I think I was just so distracted by everything else in this movie. Everything else. Um, that That's... Again, you're, you're, you're delaying, and let's just go into the bad, right? Let's go into <laughs> I Am Ready. This is where we tell you what we hated about the movie and all the things that did not work with cast, crew, and story. And let's just take it from story. Um, okay, so <laughs> here's the problem with this movie, all right? The, the plot of this is our daughter went away. This is our first Christmas without her. Uh-huh. We are spending six grand a year on Christmas. Uh-huh. Did you know that we don't have to work as hard and we can save half our money if we just go on a vacation instead of doing our traditional Christmas? Doesn't that sound economically smart right before the housing crisis? Absolutely. <laughs> and on top of which, it's like, why, why doesn't this couple deserve it? Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. We we don't see anything wrong with this couple, other than the fact that they are constantly trying to adhere to society's expectations. I wrote that this movie should be called the Christmas Cult because yes. like, <laughs> oh, I wrote the same thing. There was parts of this that were straight up horror movies. Absolutely, thank the you, Carolers. I kept thinking that this movie. Like, it wouldn't be as successful, but I want, like, a horror movie version of this. I wrote the same thing. I was like, it's almost like they would, this is a Twilight Zone episode in a town that takes Christmas too seriously. Way too seriously. Because the neighbors themselves 
overreach all the time. And this is what I'm talking about. The first half of the movie is all kind of a dystopian dictator. Like, it's it's very weird 1984 conformist mentality. And then once the need comes in with the daughter, everything switches up and it's like, isn't community great? And I was like, A, pick a side. B, no. Just because you they now need them, first of all, they don't need them. They could very easily just tell their daughter, you called hours before Christmas and expect us to pick you from the airport? No, ma'am. Yeah. Um, you know what? Sorry, we have plans. We're going on a cruise. Good luck. <laughs> um, I don't understand this. These people are dedicating hours of their time and their resources to irritate this couple into yeah. celebrating this holiday absolutely that they've clearly communicated for economic reasons they don't whenever they tell people like they don't want to celebrate christmas because they want to save money they look at them like they're like the fucking scum of the earth how dare you like you don't know their financial situation so what's interesting about this movie is it 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 is hard to watch in 2019 with understanding of the wage gap and how much this movie only works as a positive movie if you are middle class. It, it only works pre-recession. Absolutely. There's, there's this mindset of like, oh yeah, let's get Hummers and like spend a ton of money on Christmas make any kind of sense. Because again, for well, even if it did, like, like let's give it the pass of being a regular Christmas movie. The fact that they are literally being bullied into... I was bullied. like, this feels like a commercial for capitalism. It feels yeah. like they're telling us, if you don't spend $6,000 a year, you are not you are not doing your part as a citizen, 100%. as a neighbor, as a friend. And it's like, you have, you have to do all of these things. And if you don't... Be, I was like, I literally wrote down, I was like, it must be so hard to be white. Because, <laughs> because honestly, I thought of... Several black families or other minority families who would not have this problem. We're, they constantly are like, we're not celebrating Christmas this year. Why? For financial reasons. There's one scene where a woman goes, uh, with, she has carolers with her, and uh, the neighbor's like, oh, they're not celebrating Christmas. She's like, are they Jewish? Are they Muslim? Are they this? Are they that? And they're like, no, they just don't want to because they want to save money. And then she just literally just, yeah, disgust. Um, what's very interesting is that the first, again, it's actually the first act, like the yeah, first the third of first, this movie, yeah. is them badgering these people to celebrate this Christmas. Then, bam, she's coming back home. Hey guys, we're deciding to celebrate Christmas. You know what? Go fuck yourself. We're gonna treat you like shit. We're not gonna help you do anything. Not until Dan Aykroyd gives us the okay. It seems. It seems so interesting that they were having such a hard time throwing this Christmas together for the second act anyway before Dan Aykroyd comes in when it seems like this is exactly what everyone was wanting them well, to do. Well, to be fair, to be absolutely fair, the part, the second act where they're having a hard time putting Christmas together, they don't ask for help. They don't, they don't, like, the, I will say that it is only when Dan Aykroyd's character sees him fall from the roof and everyone's like, what's going on? You have to give us some kind of explanation that they hear. And the moment that the, the neighbors hear that she's coming back and that they only have hours to put this together, everyone pitches in. Which again, I was like, if that was your purpose, then make that the, the end of the movie. Actually, make it to where 
even though I don't agree with it, I would respect this movie if it made it to where Tim Allen and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis have to ask their neighbors. They literally have to go and be like, hey, we try not to do this, but at the end of the day, we understand the value of Christmas and we could really use your help. But that never happens. My biggest problem with this movie is that this movie can't decide whether to like Tim Allen or to hate Tim Allen. Exactly. Because there's so many times where Tim Allen is like, hey, we deserve this. Like, we should go away. And we he's should not save wrong. money. And the entire time you're like, yeah, you deserve all those things. Go away. Who gives a shit? Your daughter's not there. What are you going to do? And and so there's all those moments. And then there's scenes that, like, towards the end when the party's going on, or even before the party, they're like, you, you've just been selfish this whole time. I have a huge problem with that scene. When Jamie Lee Curtis tells him, oh, you still want to go. You're pouting because you still want to go on your cruise. You mean the cruise that, by the way, as he pointed out, I, I planned this vacation for six weeks. Yeah. Longer than they've been together. Very valid argument. Yeah. And by the way... I think it's great that everyone was willing to drop everything and help us, but you can be grateful and still want to make your plans. It does not make... One of the things that really made me upset about this movie is I was like, this is what... Especially a character like Tim Allen, this is what men have a problem with. All of society, all of media is telling him... The mere fact that he wanted to have a romantic getaway with his wife... Who is horny. She's ready. <laughs> it's not even Saturday night and she's unbuttoning her like, vest. I love that, yeah. <laughs> but it was just one of those things where it's like, he wanted... He, we don't know his life, but we can see that he is eagerly excited he about this. He needed a vacation. He needed a vacation. And in all honesty, they should have gone on the vacation this is the only thing that we know he's asked for. From the very beginning, their relationship does not seem like it's a uh, give and take. And he is constantly sacrificing. The one thing he's asked for is to go on this vacation, which she's in favor of. And it's only because, A, the peer pressure of her peers, B, her child, and C, because timing that she totally backs out and if anything i would say that jamie lee curtis's character is a villain in this movie uh, dude i have so much to say about jamie lee curtis but uh, just something i want to touch on before we leave this is um tim allen his he has every right to not like these people absolutely all they've done has been a complete dick to him going on his property showing up around it, looking into the window singing christmas Carol, shouting at the top of their lungs why would he want to be friends with any of these people after Christmas? They literally, tr like, Dan Aykroyd accosts Jamie Lee Curtis when she's just trying to leave her own house. And they're like, don't get me wrong, I do have, there was a part of me was like, you could do all the free things. You could do the bare minimum. You could put up Frosty. You could listen to Carolers. Like, all of these things that don't cost money, I get it. And they, they do kind of make him hold out for reasons we can't quite understand. No, because the point is, is that he shouldn't have to celebrate Christmas. That's what he says. He's like, it's the principle of it. And that, to me, this is what I'm talking about. The movie makes it seem like he's being unreasonable. And I'm like, part of me, as a viewer, is like, I do think you could do the bare minimum. But the more they push, the more I'm like... But yeah, dude, I think maybe you were just, like, done with this. And it's like a, a a rebellion against the establishment. Totally. I mean, am I wrong? Does he concede to go on this vacation and still give the church their donations? Yeah. Okay, so, all right. 
That's that's what I want to say. So he tells Jamie Lee Curtis, hey, I'm going to do these donations. I'm going to compromise for you, right? Yeah. At no point does Jamie Lee go, you know what? I can tell you really need a vacation. Blair was really excited about this party. It worked out. The cruise is tomorrow. Yeah, let's go. And she can have the place. Like, there's no... That's what any reasonable people would do. They, a, they do not have a good marriage. No. <laughs> and B, I... I, I Talking about the bad, since we're here, I looked at this movie and I was like, why does Hollywood hate heterosexual marriage? Because, to be honest, from the very beginning, what we see, the moment the kid leaves, Jamie Lee Curtis is all about herself and all in her phone and thinking about her child. He is just like, hey, it's raining. I don't want to go to the store. Well, I need those things. He is seen as, like, just being bullied by his wife. They are seen to have a sexless marriage. So I wrote, I wrote, this movie makes me realize how boring white people are. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I'm saying. It's like, A... It it made me upset on the behalf of straight men because if this is your lot in life, I I don't blame you. Like there's no there is no acknowledging, and you know how I feel. Podcast, you know how I feel about straight white men. But this movie made me sympathize for them, and that is why I'm like you done fucked up. <laughs> if you are if your most sympathetic character is a wealthy white man. I think that that says a lot about all of your supporting characters. And again, what's what's weird is the it's not like they are actively trying to. The movie just accidentally makes him the most sympathetic sympathetic character. And you know what? The problem is is that Jamie Lee Curtis is not on this ride with him. Exactly. She is she is constantly like, "Oh, but I don't want to. I don't know." She wavers. She she's so waver whereas if she was as dedicated as Tim Allen, she too could have had some comedic moments of fighting resistance instead of just being shocked and surprised by everyone the entire movie. There's one scene that I fucking I don't <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis was so miscast for this fucking role. I agree. Thank she you. She's such a strong. Such, she has such a strong presence that seeing her literally cower when someone knocks on the door. Thank you. I. It. It, it just seems so extreme and ridiculous. She I hides didn't... under the blankets like Kevin McAllister when he sees the yeah. the shovel man outside when they're asking about a snowman politely. Yeah. That again, as you said, Jamie Lee Curtis is such a strong character to see her reduced to a whimpering passive wife and to see her character be again have no real i don't want to say morals but no real conviction no the only conviction she has is to be a mother anytime that phone rings Blair! exactly exactly and i was just like i was so upset with her character because she literally drops everything for Blair. Well, to be a good mom, that's what you're supposed to do in life if you're a woman. Again, and so that frustrated me, and the idea that, again, they have to cancel all of their plans, and I I personally was like, no, hours? Hours. I'm supposed to put together this party? No, Blair, it's not happening. Yeah, we're gonna go out to dinner tonight. Yeah, (laughs) exactly, and that's the thing, and um... And, and then to later see her turn on her husband, who, by the way, she was equally involved in being excited. She and like was... she said, minutes before, he was a genius. And the moment your child calls, drop everything, we have to pull off the impossible, and she doesn't really help him with any of the feats. And that's what really, really bothers me about this movie. $50 says they're divorced by the next Christmas. <laughs> um, no, question. you stay in a marriage like that if you're white. Quick question. Yes. Why isn't this movie called Skipping Christmas? <laughs> Why isn't this movie called Skipping they Christmas? They reference it throughout the entire thing. At the beginning, they're like, 
I'm going to skip Christmas. And then Jamie Lee Curtis is like, we're, we're going to pull this off that you'll never know that we were going to skip Christmas. And then at the end, your stupid idea of skipping Christmas. They just keep mentioning it. It's based off the book called Skipping Christmas. Why <laughs> is no this the name of the Maybe movie? Maybe it didn't test as well. Christmas with the cranks tested better. <laughs> Skipping Christmas tells you everything you need to know about this movie. Absolutely. And again, like if we're talking about the premise alone, I personally think that if the movie was a commentary on how hard it is to escape the holidays in America, I could fuck with it. Or if it was like, again, we are going to be a little grinchy and remove ourselves from the community for our own well-being only to have it be that oh wow we see the value of it alone if that was the premise alone i would be in favor of it but that's not it because that's the thing that i thought too like tim allen and jamie lee curtis were not quite selfish enough nope for them to have that and his heart grew three sizes. There's no need they're for it. They're not the Scrooge. No, they're not. Like, like, like that's the thing. It's like they, they just not... want to treat themselves. They just a they just want to treat themselves, and they don't want to spend six thousand dollars on. Can we talk about that Christmas. for a second? Yeah. How do you spend six thousand dollars at Christmas and don't even realize you're spending it? Can you imagine such a lot? <laughs> well, a I can in this community, <laughs> as we see, he has a well-paying job. So much so, Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't work from what we see. I noticed that as well. We don't see her have any job. She's I, a homemaker. I guarantee you that she has a Christmas vest Etsy shop right now. <laughs> but this is this is my point. I was very upset that the movie didn't have any convictions, just like Jamie Lee Curtis didn't have any convictions. And that even the other characters, they seem to sway with whatever the movie needed at that time. Like... Why are, like, I understand Caroline Ray and Felicity Huffman's characters not being at the party because it's last minute, but we need a scene where they're like, hey, we decided to do something with Frank's family because you weren't hosting Or bring the party. back characters that we recognize. Like, what are you doing, movie? Um, what, <laughs> what are people going to tell Tim Allen that cruises kind of suck? <laughs> <laughs> like i feel like that never comes up they're like a cruise in the caribbean i was like i've been on that royal caribbean cruise it ain't that great well that's because you and i live in cities and we have like for a- anyone who's never been on the cruise before if you go on a cruise that's longer than three days you will not be able to shit <laughs> at all because of all the preservatives that they put on the food to make it last the entire length of your boat it's 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 a big deal guys absolutely and i i I just want to say that even at the end, like, let's talk about the ending where he makes the sacrifice. And again, cause he's just been called selfish for wanting to go on a trip that he paid for. Yeah. And that up until this moment, he's done nothing but receive shit. I want to go him. on a getaway with my wife. I'm so terrible. <laughs> so he gives it to the cancer, uh, na- the neighbor with cancer across the street, which again, I roll, Christmas solution, yada, yada, yada. First of all, I was like, that's not how cruises work. Nope. That's not how airplanes work. Nope. You don't just get to be like, hey, by the way, last minute, we're switching all this stuff and handing it over. This is three years after 9-11. There's <laughs> no way they're getting on that plane tomorrow. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's just like all of that. And and then, sorry, my whole point is we see him give it up. And that is seen as like, oh, isn't this great? Like, he realized that he never needed it. I was like, no. What we're seeing is a man 
again. He was beaten to submission. Beaten into submission and never once realized for his wants and needs. And just kind of steamrolled over for even having emotions about it. We don't even let him be upset that he's not going on the cruise that he painted. No. No, he's not allowed to because then he'd be a selfish asshole, bro. And that's, that's what that when, movie teaches me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of bad, uh, some other things that I wanted to discuss and get rid of. One, what is with the thief storyline? It makes no sense. It could be there completely are so removed. Many, there are so many scenes in this where I was like, cut this. This yeah. movie's too long. I don't need to see these cops stalling. We can just yes. see that they stalled. Maybe mention it in a comment. Absolutely. Why, what are we doing? Um... Tim Allen does murder a cat in this movie, right? <laughs> he doesn't, because he sees a cat later. Oh, no. Okay, so this was the thing I wanted to say. As a movie, as, like, the... Because we talked about, like, the, the story. Yes. The, the movie makers. Everyone yes. involved with this movie gave the worst work of their career, it feels like. Okay. Because, again, Chris Columbus... Home Alone, Mrs. Doubtfire, two movies, the first two Harry Potters, which I know some people don't really care for as much, but he directed them. He created the world that we saw. This guy is brilliant. This movie, it made me realize that maybe Chris Columbus can only direct movies well when they're led by children. Huh. Interesting. Interesting notion. Because those three movies that I mentioned have... Oh, many child actors in them, and he excels at them. And Robin Williams, who is a child. Essentially. <laughs> essentially. Um, also, like, there were, from a cinematography perspective, I don't know if you caught this, but it just felt like a TV show, the way that it was lit, the way it was shot. I felt like this entire movie could have been a two-episode TV story yeah. or Netflix special. Or, also, I just think, I think that... We'll get into this in the makeover, but I felt like this was two different movies, sometimes three different movies, crammed together. And I would rather see it broken apart and explored for the two different things that it's trying to say than to see this movie that just feels like a hodgepodge of ideas and underused characters. Um, I have to say, seeing Dan Aykroyd and Jamie Lee Curtis on screen together was a big old fat disappointment. Absolutely, because um, they don't do anything with it. A single My Girl reference would have made my goddamn day, bro. Trading places. Tra- trading places? What are we doing here? <laughs> um, hey, you want to go to the lobby? Real fast. Okay. Is Santa Claus in this movie, yes or no? Yes. Again, again, the very ending. They don't know what they're doing. Bro. They Again, they have no like, idea. Okay, we can move on. Okay, hold on. So, you want to take it to the lobby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. All right, so... You guys, The Lobby is our new intermission segment where we talk about the movie trivia, the movie impacts, and our personal highs and lows from the film. Um, So, movie trivia. This movie is the first Christmas movie of Tim Allen's that's not associated with the Santa Claus trilogy. Uh, It is also one of, as of 2019, it's one of five Christmas movies that Tim Allen has done, which brings up what you were saying. He's done The Santa Claus, Santa Claus 2, Christmas with the Cranks, The Santa Claus 3, and El Camino Christmas. El Camino Christmas? I've never even heard of it. 2017. I've never heard of it, but uh, if it tied in with El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie, I would be more interested. Can I just ask you real fast, have you seen any of the Santa Claus sequels? No, because I feel like one is good, and the moment they came out with two and three, I was like, cash grab, not necessary. I want you to know that I feel like if 
it's Tim Allen's fault that this movie is what it is. Because really? if you've watched the sequels to Santa Claus, they start leaning into his worst instincts. And the movies, by the third one, I walked out of it. I believe you. Um, uh, during filming, it was reported that the cast and crew had ingested over 10 pounds of fake snow. <laughs> Very interesting. Usually they use uh, Frosted Flakes for that, but that's uh, yeah. that wasn't the case here. Um, and like we mentioned, Jamie Lee Curtis and Dan Ackworth had starred previously in Trading Places, My Girl and My Girl 2. Um, and this, they're not love interest in this movie as they are in their previous works. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Okay. So, um, let's talk about our, let's take it to the concession stand, which are sweet treats and stale popcorns. Sweet treats are what we thought was the best of the movie, and stale popcorn is what doesn't hold up, and pretty much it's garbage. So, uh, what are your sweet treats and stale popcorn? Um, my sweet treat is, uh, Tim Allen's Botoxine, which is the only thing (laughs) I laughed at in the movie. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis's vest. The fact that we know these be fucking on Saturdays. Um, I know this is all really trivial, but again, I'm grasping at grasping. Um, yeah, that's. Here's the thing. I 30% like this movie, and for that 30%, that's the sweet treat because the idea of like we need to throw Christmas together very quickly is a fun concept. Like. Hey guys, like Christmas was canceled, but now it's on, and we need the whole everyone to work together to make it a Christmas miracle. That's I'm on board with. Again, I have a solution for that in my makeover, but I'll hit that a little bit. I don't have a really, I don't, I really don't have a sweet treat in this particular movie. Uh, I do have a stale popcorn, which is uh, Brooke. What's her the daughter's name? Blair. Blair. Blair, completely, absolutely, her character, the actress, everything about Blair, I hate. I hate every single thing about her. A, because to me, I was like, one of the things that doesn't hold up, especially in 2019, is the idea that the most important person in the entire world is a spoiled white girl who feels like she's liberal by going to Peru and doesn't even stay there the entire time. You know, it's just like, comes back with a fiancé, expects her parents to drop everything, doesn't consider, doesn't call, doesn't consider, you can tell she's living off of them because they pay. We don't see Blair work her way into the B-score. She's just going for funsies. And I... Well, for her sexy doctor friend. For her sexy doctor friend. And again, we get to see that she's lying to her parents. She's like, oh, we're just friends while they're making out and like all this other stuff. I was like, this Blair character pisses me off in so many ways and I have a solution for her in my makeover. But... I like to me just her treatment of her parents and her treatment in the movie in general just made her someone I just could not stand and root for. Um, here's some hot garbage. Uh, <laughs> there's a Peruvian jam session. This movie I could do without. I the only reason why I allow that is because otherwise Enrique is just a punchline, and the fact that they actually give his culture some kind of credit. I don't know if the actor was Peruvian or even Hispanic, but like... Well, him and Santa Claus really hit it off. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Santa Claus should have been played by Martin Short. He looked like Martin Short, kind of, but he should have been. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. Uh, hot garbage. Pretty much everything from Blair's coming back to Dan Aykroyd saying, hey guys, let's all pitch in. If you delete all of that, this movie gets exponentially better 
And you save your life by not <laughs> devoting, an, what, two hours it feels like, which is not the runtime, but it feels like it, <laughs> to this movie. Absolutely. Uh, do you have anything else? No, man. I mean, there's just some really, like, bad humor. Like, that's the thing, is that this movie needs to be led by comedians. And these two, unfortunately, Tim Allen is not, you can't... Like, he's not the kind of guy you could, could be like, hey, this is the scene, and then throw in some funny stuff. Because then he'll say something like, that Irish pub had fish tacos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't work. And Jamie Lee Curtis is not a comedian. She's bringing nothing to this role. No one is. No one. No one is funny in this movie. And it feels like the set that when they got there, they realized the movie was going to be bad, and everyone just gave it 80%. Uh, you know what? I don't disagree. Uh, before we move on, the final segment, uh, we want to remind you guys to follow us, subscribe, submit your your own movies you can find us at apple Podcasts, itunes stitcher uh, all under at movie underscore makeover or on instagram twitter and facebook you can also email us at movie makeover pod at gmail.com okay. also real quick if you guys are enjoying our little conversation uh we have another podcast called bra meets world in which we dissect every episode of the 90s sitcom boy meets world you guys can catch that on all your streaming services as well. Um, and, of course, uh, Boy Meets World is on Disney Plus if you'd like to follow along with us. Now, moving back to the makeover. Yes, okay. So, in the makeover, I I fought really hard to think of a way to make... Because I was like, do I even want this movie made over? Like, like what do I... Because this movie just made me so angry that I was, like, trying to figure out. And I thought of a few things. One... I think that this movie would work, as I said, if it was split into two. And the entire movie is the cranks being like, hey, we are not going to celebrate Christmas. It's all skipping Christmas, as you pointed out. And then at the tail end of the movie, when they're about to go on the cruise and they've successfully beaten all of these hurdles, they get a phone call, Blair's coming. And then that is the setup for the sequel. And then on the sequel, we do everything that happens in the second movie. Bless your heart thinking that, I, that anyone needs two <laughs> wait, movies wait, wait, wait. of this. I was like, again, I feel like, because if you do that, it gives it time sure. to really dive into. No, but you're, again, you're I think you're still thinking of it, as you should, as a two-parter episode of a, like a home improvement or something. Because that's what it feels like. The other thing that I want to do with this movie is take the Blair character and make Christmas with the Cranks the story of Blair learning how much effort her parents put into the holidays by them not being there. Blair, you open up on Blair being like, hey, I'm coming home. And her parents being like, we're going on a cruise. Don't know what to tell you. Keys under the mat. She gets there. She has all these ideas of what she would do. It's kind of like a Sweet Home Alabama type situation where she's there and she's just... All she wants is Christmas spirit, but her parents aren't there, and she just looks at all the traditions, and yet Enrique is not helping, and then slowly but surely, the community comes together to give Blair the Christmas that she wants, even though her parents aren't there, and then at the tail end, crews cut short, or couldn't get the flight out, they're back. That, to me, is Christmas with the Cranks, whereas this movie, I don't know what I got. What do you think? What do you think? About Here's that? your makeover, bro. I got you. <laughs> All right, because I'm feeling you on this. I'm feeling you, but I got I got something else cooking up. <laughs> okay. In my in my makeover entitled "Skipping Christmas," by the way. <laughs> in my makeover, Tim Allen, oh, the two main characters, the, which I hundred percent will, will recast. Tim Allen's character needs to be played by someone that is enjoyable to watch them mad. 
It's enjoyable to watch them angry. Maybe not Kevin Hart, but someone like Kevin Hart. I get like, what you're saying. They like they can kind of be like when they're angry, you're entertained. Yes, a hundred percent. Like that's what that character needs to be. Um, and even like if like an Ali Wong was like the Ooh. someone like that who like someone who's just like they're already like. They are already kind of like against the establishment type thing. They 100%. already like, or they have just an intelligence to be able to comment on how ridiculous it is while also still having like a heart towards the holidays or whatever. But there's like an inherent in- antagonism to them. So, let me, let me just say this: I'm taking the whole community aspect out of this day <laughs> movie. To me, skipping Christmas is two people who their kid just left, and they're like. We don't have to do, like, they're preparing, like, in my mind, we start the Christmas before, and it's this huge thing, and we see all the traditions, we're seeing, you know, stuff like that, maybe videotape footage over the years of Blair getting older, and them doing all these traditions, then we go to the airport, Blair leaves, and the characters are just like, all right, well, Christmas is coming up, we better do this, we better do that, and it's like, well, maybe we don't have to, and then, instead of thinking, I want to save money and be economically responsible, they're like, listen, we pay, we pay six grand a year for Christmas. What if we just spend that on ourselves and just go on like shopping sprees and spot and you see them like balling out of control, right? While this is going on, we're getting flashes to Blair while she's in this new place and she's she's enjoying it. It's very rewarding, but you could tell she misses her family. And for her, the things that she's thinking about are the things that aren't materialistic. But to the parents, when they find out Blair's coming home, they're like, we got to do all this stuff that thinking that that's what Blair cares about. And they're doing all of it. And maybe they are getting help from their friends or neighbors. But what I picture happening is that they're stressing, there's all this humor and chaos that goes in, but they're not successful. None of it comes together. None of it comes together. And Blair comes in, and they immediately start apologizing, like, hey, this went wrong, this went wrong, this went wrong. And she is just so happy to see them and be with them at Christmas time that she doesn't care about any of it. That is skipping Christmas, bruh. Absolutely. Here's the thing. I'm with you, because what that does is that gives everyone an actual motive, it gives the movie an actual thought process, and it it doesn't do the thing that I forgot to mention that I hate about this movie, which is allow Blair to live this blissful ig- ignorance. Totally. You know, like, just tell Blair, hey, like, this, half of this movie could be solved if you just spoke to your child like she was in a fully grown adult. Like, her, like, <laughs> finding out that she'll be able to visit them for Christmas should be about, like, maybe she has a phone conversation with them, and then when she gets off, she talks to Enrique about just how excited she is just to see them. Yeah. Just to be with them. She's not thinking about any of the other or stuff. Or to see the neighbor who's dying. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ask about the neighbor. Like, all that shit. Make her sympathetic, because this should be a family movie, because Christmas is about family. When you make it a community thing, and everybody is pushing their religious holiday on other people like it gets weird you know it's funny because what you said earlier even with like angry casting i you mentioned ali wong and i think if you take ali wong and randall park who are the stars of always be my oh Baby, my god they they should remake this movie <laughs> that's what i said like you said their ali chemistry wong. yes their delivery everything they would be able to pull off this movie exactly <laughs> oh my god bro we just we I feel like this is maybe our most successful makeover yet. Because we really <laughs> took some trash and made it into something, guys. All right. So uh, that is our makeover. Uh, as always, let us know if you guys have thoughts. Uh, this has been our episode. You can find me on Twitter at 
uh, Extra Siege. That's X-E-R-A-C-E-E-J. Uh, TC. You can find me um, on Instagram at a braver me, um, at dot braver dot me. And yeah, you can, like I mentioned before, find me on our second podcast, Bra Meets World, streaming everywhere. As always, I am TC, and, and I'm Siege. Makeover, Makeover and, and out. out. What are you doing? It's not even Saturday night. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs>